Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 33 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have my friend He Sung Kong joining me in studio. Uh, we go over his background and how he ended up in the North Country. We talk about his classical piano um, skills, and we talk about food, video games, cooking, and we talk about his background in Korea. We hope you enjoy episode 33 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 33 of the Galen Trombley Show. Today I have my good friend in studio, Heesung Kong, um, MD. We'll use the proper term on there. I guess that's how we do it. Um... Me and Heesung met um, a few years back now, and we've been good friends, and we've had a lot of. Uh, we've been on a trip or two together, and um, you know, had some good times, some good, shared some good meals. Um, he's, a, he's a good friend, and I'll just let him take it away from there. So Heesung for people, and the other thing too, I'm gonna probably call him Sang throughout this. That's our nickname for him. So Heesung is the formal name, but uh, so Sang, t- give us a little background on. How you ended up coming to Plattsburgh, kind of where you grew up. I know you've lived in a few different places and uh, kind of how you made your way up here. Okay. Um, so, obviously, if my name isn't a giveaway, um, I'm, I'm Korean by heritage. I was born in Korea. And I, uh, uh, I lived there until I was in th- third grade. And so... Uh, that's when I came to the United States. We uh, we settled in New Orleans area. My parents uh, and I, my grandparents, we all just kind of came on Delta. I remember that flight. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a long ass flight. Oh, can I say that? You can you, you you can you can talk filth. Yeah, okay. It, okay. it was uh, four, fourteen hours. Oh gosh, it was a lot longer. Hey, because because um I remember when we so we, we came we went from Seoul to Portland, Oregon, of all places, to switch planes there. And because my dad forgot to switch his clocks around, we missed the connection. <laughs> so you guys so, were like just sitting around so we, for hours waiting yeah. for the eight o'clock flight we, I think we ended up uh staying in Portland. In the airport overnight. <laughs> then, um, then I remember. Then there was another connection to Dallas. And then we, I think, I think it was Dallas, maybe Houston. And then we landed in New Orleans, and so that was that was back in 1990. So we grew up in New Orleans area. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then. Uh, I, I went to college in Maryland, in Baltimore, Maryland. I lived there for several years, and uh, that's when my parents passed away when I was in college. So I took a few extra years to sort of gather myself, work, and whatnot. And then I went to medical school in New Orleans again. Um, 
And then from there, I went to do my further training internship residency in, in New York City. And after that was done, I was kind of looking for a good job, a good cush, you know, well-paying job. And so um, I ended up in Plattsburgh at CBBH. And so here I am. Okay. That's, so, so, that's sort of like the nutshell, me in a nutshell. Okay. So, um, oh, actually, I'm, I'm going to have like a whole list of stuff I want to talk about by the time we're done with this. Okay. So you came over. Why, first off, why did you come to America? Why did I why yeah. did I come to America? Well, your parents. <laughs> Why did your parents pack you up? You're well, three I years really, old. Like I came because my parents came. Like you're, you were you were you were munching on kimchi. You're doing the thing in in Korea, and then they brought you over here. I, I didn't even like kimchi when I was young. Well, we'll, we'll get into that. So, so your parents brought you to. So my parents and um, why New Orleans out of all places? So okay, so let's talk about why my parents decided to come to the U.S. So my my dad actually had a pretty decent job. He was like a bank manager. You know, um, in very Korea. white in Korea, he was like a white collar, um, you know, job made from what I understand pretty decent money, income. I lived a very, you know, middle class life there. My mom ne- didn't necessarily have to work, you know, so she was mostly high housewife, except when I think, um, as a part time, she delivered milk or something like that. But, um, but the reason why they wanted to come here was because they thought that my dad. Well, I, I think um, my, it was, my dad told me it was more, more, more my mom, actually, my mom's idea more, more of, because we had the opportunity to come because my aunt married an American citizen. And so, so back then we had, um, if you, if, back then, if you're, if you're an American citizen and you have siblings or other family members in another country, you could send invites to, for them to come to the U.S., um, and so we got one of the invitations. And so you have this, I, I don't even know what they call it, but there's some sort of program. So if you got this invitation, you could sort of expedite your immigration to the United States. So we had that opportunity. And my mom thought that there was more, she, she thought that she, we could have a better life, like in, um, in the U.S. in terms of like money, like, uh, like uh, uh, I don't know, they thought it was a land of opportunity. I guess that's what happened. And so they... And just decided to sort of jump on it. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't that we were so like. I was actually kind of lucky, I guess, because my dad had a pretty decent job. But um, it wasn't that we were like so poor or whatever. But yeah. So. And why New Orleans? Why New Orleans? Um, my aunt. Um, my aunt. So my dad's older sister, who married the American, my uncle Ed. Um, so they, I think, originally were living in. in Dallas area, but his job, Uncle Ed's job, got transferred to New Orleans, and so when we came to the U.S., we wanted to be near family, so so we ended up moving where my aunt was, which was New Orleans. Um, I always I, my my grandfather did this too, but back in God the forties maybe fifties, um, and he came from Ireland. But I always anybody that comes you know packs up and, and moves to another country. To me, I mean, like, if you were to pack up now, and you've done this before, and you're getting ready to do it again, like, moving to different parts within the country is one thing, but, like, to move completely to another culture, like, for you, moving to the United States was totally different than living in Korea. Um, So, I mean, what was that? Obviously, like, you probably don't have a huge memory of of South Korea. You've been back. I do. No, I do remember quite a bit, to be honest. How many times have you been back to South Korea, though? Uh, 
probably five times, May 6th. Okay. Since I came to the U.S. And no, but I remember like going, like like I said, I came here when I was in third grade. So I remember well, my- third grade or three? Thir- third grade. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I, I remember three. my, you know, kindergarten, elementary school. Mm. I remember a lot. Oh, gotcha. You know? I think so, you said three years old. No, no, no. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Um, and you still have family in Korea? Yeah. I yeah. Do. Like quite a bit? Yeah. Mom, like all of my mom's side still there, right? So your dad's side was the one that came over? Yeah. my So my dad's sister married- the American, my uncle, like my uncle Ed, and so so most of my um, dad's siblings are in the U.S. How many aunts and uncles do you have? Total, so, both sides. Um, so t- both sides. Oh, so like, like how many siblings did your dad have? How, how many siblings? My did dad have? had um, five siblings. My mom had four siblings. Okay, so family of five and six. That was that was the same as mine, and. Okay, so how many have moved to the states? Um, <clears throat> among my dad's, so also only my dad's side. Uh, one, two, three, three. Those three other siblings moved to the United States. And one of them died when she was younger, and only I only had one uncle who decided to stay in Seoul. And they're in Atlanta now, right? No, or, or Dallas. Oh, um, they're they're in Dallas. Palm Springs, California, Atlanta, Virginia. They're sort of all over. Yeah. Um, so, so you went to New Orleans, um, grew up. Were you, you, were, you were just outside the city though, right? Next suburbs? In and out. Yeah. Well, I, I, we, excuse me, we lived in sort of the suburbs. Um, we worked in the city of New Orleans. I, and I lived in the city of New Orleans too. Okay, for for med school and so you went from uh, New Orleans did and you ended up going to Baltimore. Where'd you go to college? Went to Johns Hopkins. Okay, and that's kind of like the, the the big deal college, right? Is it not? Are you like? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's a like good. What's school. better than Johns Hopkins? I mean, I've it's heard good. of it, so obviously it's a decent decent. Uh, it's a good school. <laughs> but it, was it? Is it for medical though? Oh no, I was pre med. I was pre med. I was so, my it, major was biomedical engineering. But it's is Johns Hopkins. Um, Primarily a, a pre-med school? No. I mean, it's known for its medicine. and medical program is huge. It just overshadows a lot of the other things. But has, I mean, it, it's it's a solid, you know, all-around university. Is it right at Baltimore? It's right in Baltimore, yeah. Um, so could you have done your med school in Baltimore at um, John Hopkins? Or was it? Well, if, you know, it... it if I had gotten accepted, <laughs> oh, for so instance, it's, it's pretty high. Or, yeah, so like you know, med school acceptance rate is just very low all all across the country. So, so you went to LaSalle, LaSalle. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to med school? Tulane. Oh, why Tulane. did you saying okay, Tulane? Yep, yeah, I knew that. Tulane Medical School. And when was what are the years of this? When early, did I go early, to medical school? Early what? Probably early two thousands. Med school was probably no. I went. I went to college in ninety nine. And then you graduated. Well, so I was I would have graduated in '03, except that's when my parents passed away. Mm-hmm. My mom died in 2000. My dad died in 2002. No, so 2004. So I ended up taking a leave of absence. So I actually got my degree in '06 instead of '03, mm-hmm. and I went to med school in '07. And how long was med school? Four years. So 2011, you graduated. So since 2011, where have you been? You went to New York City for a residency. Yeah, exactly. How long was that? 
that was year year internship another three years of residency so a total of four years in new york City. so 2012 2000 2011 2015 and then 15 to here yeah in 2015 i moved up to plattsburgh i'm just getting the chronological order here so okay um so New York City residency, um, you had told me about this. How many hospitals are in New York City <laughs> that you know of? Like, give, give me Manhattan, just because people oh always travel to Manhattan. I don't even. I, I just more than ten. Yeah, there's like so, there's a lot of hospitals. Like, I, I don't even. There's. I can start naming things. I don't gonna, need to name them. Just give me like a roundabout. But just I don't, not exactly. I don't, I don't, I really don't know. I mean, probably fifty. No, no. Well, but wait. wait. Like you mean not, clinics or do you mean hospitals? I don't even know the difference. What what? <laughs> See, there there's tons of like clinics. Right? What's a what's a clinic? What's a, how's like, a clinic? Different clinic than a is hospital? just like an office where you do you where you oh, go like see a private doctor. practice. Yeah, private practice. No hospital, like, like real deal. Big, like we have one CVPH. Like how many does New York City have? Oh, Manhattan probably has like I don't know twenty. I don't I don't I'm just guessing. I don't okay. really know. No, I mean that's fair. I, that's more than I thought. Twenty. I don't know. And that's not even counting going out to the other the other um, the other boroughs. Yeah, I, so, I don't even know how. I, I don't even know. So when you did the residency, you were in one hospital. Uh, or did you bounce yes, around? I was in one main hospital, but we did have to rotate through other satellite hospitals. Yeah, but they're all within a fairly close distance. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean a few blocks here and there. No, not a few blocks. There's some more. Yeah, like we like um, like so my my hospital is in the Bronx, and another branch of it was like sort of the East Bronx. So you, it's not it's not a few blocks. I mean, you probably you probably need a car. They did have shuttles, but it's much easier if you had a car. You could take the train or or, or the bus, but. Some a lot of people did actually. But. Where where did you guys live in uh, in the city? Um, Upper East Side, Manhattan. Upper East Side? Is that like Seinfeld territory? I've never watched Seinfeld. No, <laughs> weren't, they, weren't they Upper East Side? Were they Upper West? I, um, <laughs> I don't. I, I couldn't tell. So you. were you north of Central Park? Or no, um, were you? I was Eighty Second Street. And so if you walked due east, so due west from my apartment, you would hit the Metropolitan Museum Arts. On a straight line? On a straight line. On 82nd Street. What were you, you 82nd and what? I was in 82nd and 3rd. So if you walked due west, you would have hit the Met Museum. How big was your apartment in New York City? 450 square feet, I think. So what did you have? Just like one bed, one bath, oh, ki- kitchenette? That's all it is, right? One ba- studio. Say... I say one bath, one bed, but it's all open. It's all open. So it's like just one room plus a bathroom. And uh, did you have a couple closets? Yeah, there were a few closets. Um, how many floors up? Oh, we lived on the second floor. Well, that's not bad. How big was the building? Oh, we could have... It was like 30 floors. It we was 30 and you were yeah, second? We could have opted for a 23rd floor. Amazing views, by the way, um, when we were renting. Um so when we were looking for an apartment, there was a twenty-third floor open and a second floor open, but the second floor was a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, makes versus sense. Versus the twenty-third floor, so it was a trade-off. Trade-off was a view versus floor space. What? How many or how much did it cost? Um, eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred. Oh no, when we when we when we signed the lease, I think it was around twenty-eight hundred. Yeah. 
but by the time we left, if you wanted to rent in my building, a studio was going for thirty five hundred a month. So yeah, that's easily more than mortgage payment for a lot of people up here. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so what prompted you to come to Plattsburgh? I so I was looking for a job essentially, and I knew that living in New York City. I mean, we liked living in New York City, but I also knew that it was kind of tough to get a job in New York City that was, all, you know, well-paying and 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 sort of, you know, lifestyle-wise. I mean, you so you could so so from what I understand, you could make a lot of money, but you have to work really hard, or you know, which is not necessarily what I want after you know working hard during residency, right? You just kind of want a good job, a good life, and more time for yourself. And so I started looking upstate for jobs, and and CBPH kind of stuck out. How come you? Uh, how come you looked in New York? You didn't want to go back south? Oh, I did. I applied. I applied down in Louisiana too. I applied kind of all over the place. I, I went to interview in like Ohio and Kentucky and kind of all over. But you know, it's funny because uh, none of the hospitals in Louisiana even responded to my <laughs> resume. They just had that many people probably? Um no, it's not. I don't know. They just they just never responded. I guess they didn't they didn't want anybody at the time, so did you have a good resume? I think I had a pretty good resume. What's a resume look like for an in oh actually so for people that we didn't even tell what do you do? Like I don't even think we told people what you do. I'm a doctor. Of I'm an anesthesiologist. Which means you do what? So to put it in very simple words, very but very inaccurate, is to put why I put people to sleep and wake them up. But um, it's more along the lines of perioperative specialist. In other words, I look at I I um, I meet with you, I talk with you, I talk about your medical history, and determine based on your condition. And the type of surgery that you're having, whether number one, you're, um, this determine the risk sort of of whether you can uh, tolerate this kinds of surgery, um, and uh, and number two, develop a plan to take you through the perioperative period from induction of anesthesia during surgery uh, and and and. And um, intraoperative um, events, you know, I have to expect things that could happen intraoperatively, and prepare for that. And then at, at the end, I have to try to wake you up in, in in one piece, sort of, without having any adverse effects. And so, I'm t- so I have to plan all this stuff out before you get put out, sort of. So, and so it's 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 so I'm I'm not just. I put you out and I wake you back up. I have to plan all this out and make sure you, I do this safely. <laughs> so th- obviously there's a lot of math that goes into this because you're talking math. about... Math. Right? Uh, yes yeah, but you're talking like dosages and weights well, and times. Yeah. And, well, yeah. That's, yeah. Those are simple math. It's not like complicated math. But, you know. So for the most part, the, the ranges are fairly easy to find. Like if you... If you I know you're just putting someone down, but they, like it's not like you get to the point where the numbers are so exact that they have to be like a certain amount of liquid has to be to the yeah, point, point, yeah. point. It's like, you know, two to three is fine. It's, yeah, it's not, it's, I mean, there's a range of doses yeah. that we use. 
Um, of course, you have to be fairly accurate in terms of like, like you you don't want to give ten times the amount of drugs that's recommended, right? Mm-hmm. For instance, right? And so you can't make those kinds of mistakes. But but yeah, you have to be somewhat cognizant of how much you're giving people and everything. So when you give someone anesthesia, like I remember, I remember going into a surgery one time. And I remember getting placed off of the rolling table onto the actual surgery table. Mm -hmm. Like I remember like waking up just enough to like kind of realize that I was getting off of the cart or the, or the stretcher or whatever they roll you out on, um, that I was getting up onto the table. And then I just like, it was a split second and I like was knocked back out. So like I came out of it for like maybe a second and a half to two seconds just enough to kind of realize like i was getting off one i was leaning on the other and then what, i kind of what out. kind of surgery did you have i was having a, um it was a minor surgery it was like a deviated septum sinus polyp thing okay so, so they had, gave it to you had general anesthesia yeah it wasn't i don't, I don't know the terms you have to have yeah, yeah. yeah but it wasn't anything crazy but i i had woken up just enough to get on the table so like most of the time though when you're getting anesthesia you're out right like very rarely is someone waking up through that process. Well, okay, so in in general, um, if you're super nervous or if you're super nervous type, um, then we give you a little pre medication to try to help you get calm and, and relax. I'm a little drunk, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so um, that happens as you're being rolled into the operating room and once you're in the operating room on the stretch we ask you to move over to the main operating room table so so i think that's what you might yes. remember yes so you might have gotten something preoperatively before you came into the operating room but that's not but you you weren't knocked out for that so they could have given me more stuff while i was on the table that oh I yeah didn't know about oh definitely oh you know, okay because that in itself isn't enough anesthesia obviously that's I remember I was laying in the cart. The guy came up, started talking to me, and I could feel he put like it into basically the top of my hand. IV, yeah. And the IV, and I could see, like you could feel it going up through your veins. It was like a cool, you yeah. know, liquid and or a cool sensation, and it went up. And I just remember kind of sitting there, and he's talking to you, and he's talking to you, and you know, you're kind of nodding, and all of a sudden you just like are slowly fading in and out, and then you're just, you're out. You're out, yeah. Um, I, 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 that's the, I haven't had many surgeries, so I haven't been put under that much, but that was one and then i remember waking up out of it and i just remember being like very disoriented and i don't remember i was i was fairly i mean i was in high school i want to say like maybe ninth grade 15 or so and i remember waking up and i was like freaked out I'm like where am i you know because i yeah my mom i think was there but i wasn't like i i was kind of like oblivious to what was going on yeah. and, and Obviously, I wasn't really in pain, but I think it was just kind of, it was, I don't know, it was like a weird sensation that you didn't know what was going on. Right. And then I ended up, I remember talking to my mom. I'm like, hey, are we, like, oh, the surgery just ended an hour ago or whatever. She's, no, you've been in here for like three, four hours. Meaning, I, like, by the time I actually came out of anesthesia or the anesthesia and was able to, I think, leave from the surgery, it was a solid four or five hours. Yeah. And I just remember wherever I was at the time, but like, it, you know, for that to wear off of me, because obviously you guys, if the surgery is supposed to take two hours, you give you know enough anes- or, um, anesthesia to get past what probably to three hours as a no, safety we, net. No, 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 no. We uh, anesthesia nowadays we 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 just stop giving you the anesthesia 
uh, and then you wake up. And oh, so this a, whole time you're just pumping anesthesia in yeah, to keep them down. Usually gases uh, is what we like use. Like the laughing gas? That's one of the things we can use, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we... So we, we, so as after you go to sleep, we give you gases to maintain the anesthesia. Um, it doesn't have to be gases, it's, but gases are one of the things that we use. And at the end of surgery, um, we just you know, stop giving you the gas and let it kind of wash out of your system and then you wake up um so it's not and, and generally nowadays the um gases wear off very quickly and so if you were disoriented for for a period of time afterwards it's just you know you might have had extra pain medication or maybe you had extra things that you didn't know about that just made you groggy for longer you know like when i had my surgery i, I had my surgery in college my ear surgery I don't, I don't remember waking up until the nurses were like really badgering me to wake up and get dressed and get out of here. <laughs> That's the first memory I have. What's, what's, um, why does laughing gas make you laugh? It doesn't make you laugh. We just say that. Really? It just makes you, it just gives you a little, little buzz, a little high sort of, and it, for some people, it makes you feel pretty good. I mean, I've had it before for like dental procedures. I didn't like it. it just kind of makes my heart race. And my give me a little bit of buzz in my. Did head. you laugh? I no, I didn't like it. Do you laugh, Sam? Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're always very calm, cool, and collected. Um, Not always, but. So what what made you want to get into anesthesiology? Um, you know, actually, when I first started med school I thought I was going to be a surgeon because I'm I feel like I'm pretty good with my hands um delicate movements whatnot fine motor skills um but I noticed that during my during med school I, I, surgeons I, I felt were very difficult to work with at least where I trained mm-hmm. they were you know what you might call like malignant in other words, they might just yell at you for no reason, or they might just kind of really just, you know, sort of trash you just because they could. And it wasn't the best environment to be in, and I didn't want to be training under these kinds of people for you know, the next five years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I was sort of wandering, because I, like, I didn't like internal medicine, I didn't like... Um, OBGYN I didn't like pediatrics and so I was like wow what am I gonna do so I thought I was gonna do radiology and then um, I had just happened just by chance I needed to do like a two-week elective on something and so I chose anesthesia and I did and I was like wow this is amazing to me like it it kind of reminded me of playing video games I know you don't really play a whole lot of video games (laughs) But it's kind of like you're you're seeing this person, you're seeing their vital signs, you're seeing the monitors, you're seeing all these things, screens around you, and depending on the patient's condition, you have to be able to pick up on certain things and 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 give the appropriate medication or give do the appropriate maneuver to try to steer them in the right way. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like so it's like seeing it 
seeing something and responding to it. So it's kind of like hand-eye coordination. <laughs> it was sort of like playing a video game TV. So I thought it was very fun. So. Um, so what video games do you play? Oh, growing up, all kinds of stuff. I mean, role-playing games, fighting games, adventure games. I mean, like, whatever. Like what systems were you guys, like... When I was a kid? Like Nintendo? Yeah, or like PlayStation? Nintendo. Like, you played, like, Super Mario Brothers, right? Were you more Nintendo or, Super, or PlayStation? Like, you always, oh, had, wait, you always wait, had one or the other. Wait. I'm saying, like, when you grew up, like, I always when grew up I with grew the... up, When I was growing up, when I was growing up, we Sega? had Nintendo versus Sega Genesis, right? Yeah, so what were you? So I was, I was a Nintendo person. Okay. And then, and then um, when PlayStation came out, I did get a PlayStation over over N sixty four. Over N sixty four. I was the opposite. I was always an N sixty four guy. Yeah. I never really. We, I played PlayStation. My friend had PlayStation, but I didn't like. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't like. It I as think much. P- PlayStation back then was more geared towards older gamers, and Nintendo was geared for younger gamers because it had colorful colorful graphics. It had you know Mario games, Mario Party. You know Mario Kart, so it was it's very like Donkey Kong. Yeah, it was yeah. sort of more like kid friendly type of thing. Whereas mm-hmm. PlayStation had things like Resident Evil, you know, Metal Gear Solid, you know, things like that. So it's Crash, dark. Crash Bandicoot. That I never played. <laughs> um, but I think so. So in late nineties, I think um, so that's where the divergence happened. So I wasn't. I was in high school when PlayStation came out. So. Did did, uh, did you have a Game Boy? Do you have the Game Boy Color? That's the one I remember playing the most. I had a, I used to play the old Game Boy. The gray, I never had one. I, like all my cousins had one, so it was like the black and gray ones. I played that a lot, and played like the original Mario. And then we went Game Boy Color, which I probably wore the buttons out on that thing. <laughs> um, no, I never had a Game Boy. But those were cool. I ended up playing a, a Mario game on there. I don't remember which one it was, but I played that for hours. It was so cool. And then I remember playing like Mario Golf on there. And then N64 was always like Mario Kart, GoldenEye, um, Tony Hawk, Pro Skater, um, any any kind of baseball, softball, right. like or not softball, <clears throat> soccer. Um, every once in a while, basketball. I like playing some like some of the college basketball, baseball. Um, are you? What do you play now? Like, what's your video game of choice? I really don't play a whole lot of video games. Saying every time I go over, you're upstairs. Tap that's away well, that's except except one game. I I don't play a whole lot of console games like PS4. Is, is I do a have a PS4, but I don't really play a whole lot on it. I do play a game called Defense of the Ancients or Dota. It's actually a is that a computer PC it's game? A, it's a computer game. It was actually based off of uh, of Warcraft Three, which was I think I think it came out in like early two thousands, and it was a, actually a custom game on on that game and became really popular and, and it spun off and it became its own game is it like a first person game like a first no, person no, no, shooting no, no. game it's not you're you you control one person one character and you have probably four or five abilities that you could use and you have four other teammates it's online so it's five versus five so you have you have like a team of people or friends that you're yeah. playing with and yeah. messaging five versus five yeah or on your on your mics do you know the people? I don't do... I, no, I, I don't... I have a few friends who do play it, but for the most part, I play alone. And you just play with random people that are signed with you? That's right. So they don't know it's you? They don't know who I am. Um, is it like you guys are teammates? Like, what's the purpose of it? Are you guys like fighting each other? Yeah, basically, you have to um, destroy the other, like, throne, sort of. 
you have to try to invade in their territory and destroy their throne um whatever their tree or something what do you think the draw is for video games like why do people play them because they're fun <laughs> so you think it's just more like entertainment it's it's okay so video games have sort of become less fun for me recently because it's more fun if you can see the whole picture and you get to you get to do certain things and they produce a certain effect and I don't know it's 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 just fun you know I don't know how to explain it so because I was one like when I grew up the only I played a couple first person like shooting games meaning like um, I remember playing like James Bond, like Goldeneye. Right. Like you'd be, you'd have, you'd see him, and he'd go and be doing whatever, and you're going on the mission. But I've always gravitated towards like me more sports games. I played Mario Kart, which was fun, but I always end up being more on the sports level. Where I never really got into like Halo, never got into it, never got into Medal of Honor, and I don't know any of the new games. I don't play. Like, I, didn't, I never play any of the first person shooters, like Fortnite or that was called. Fortnite, that's, like Fortnite that's, yeah. that's the new rage with the kids. Um, no, none of that I've ever played. I, I I haven't played video games in years, and the last time I played was Mario Kart and like Tiger Woods 2005 mm. Golf, um, just because we grew up playing those. And I've always wondered, like, video games, is it more of... It's entertainment, obviously, but, like, what's... Like, I don't really find... I don't have time to play video games, but I, I don't prioritize video games. But um, I have a hard time like learning how to play certain games. I mean, I just don't want to take the time to learn it. Um, I used to play like Zelda back in the day, which I guess was kind of like a first-person game. Um, I don't know. Like, what's the? Yeah, what would be like the draw for that? You just think because they're fun. It's just kind of like mindless. Like, no, probably it's... for you, like it gets stressful. Like what you do, obviously, because a lot of times you're dealing with some pretty crazy circumstances and medical well, situations. you know, I think it's just some people... Okay, some different people like different games, right? Some people like puzzle games. And puzzle games can be super addicting in itself. I used to be into role-playing games because, especially like the Final Fantasy series, because they had very moving storylines. So you get attached to... Kind of like how you like Game of Thrones. You 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 watch these characters develop, and and the game takes you and and to to do different quests with these characters, and you get attached to them, and then something happens to them, and and you know like so so those things motivate you to try to figure out you know what's the next chapter in this story, you know. So those are like the role playing games, right? And they're also like the fighting games that I was super into. I was like super into Street Fighter 2. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my friends, we used to play Street Fighter 2 all night trying to kill each other. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, was, it's, it was fun in that you get to sort of, you know, relish in their defeat. You know, it, it was, I don't know. It's, 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 there's so many different reasons I, why video games are fun I, I think it's I, when I had fun like we used to play like with a group of guys like I say, I, I say Mario Kart because everybody knows what that is and I love playing that but you would always play with like friends and then you'd play you know like I said most of mine were sports games or, or like the James Bond games back in the day and you'd put like four guys against each other in like a multiplayer that was fun I think part of it was like you know you could razz on your buddies if you beat them but right. um, 
I mean, I used to play video games as a kid. I remember, I, God, like Zelda was a pretty cool game. It was almost kind of like a fantasy kind it of is, deal, yeah. but that that's still popular, right? Still very popular. Yeah, um, this was like the Ocarina of Time. The Ocarina of Time, yeah. Ocarina. What is that? I don't know. That's a flute. It's a, it's a type, yeah, it's a type of flute. Is it a real thing? Yeah. It's like a real type of instrument? Yeah. Okay, I you didn't know if it was like it? a made-up thing. <laughs> it's kind of like the little flute thing he plays with like the fairies or something. Like <coughs> yeah, Tinkerbell. it's a real thing. I think it really exists. <laughs> so so when did you play... Um, for people that don't... I mean, a lot of people probably don't know this about you. You are a very high-level classical pianist. Can I say that? I'm, you're probably I'm modest a, and say a, not high level. I'm a pretty good amateur pianist. That's correct. You think you're amateur? I mean, I'm not. I don't do it professionally. But could you like? Could you hang with some professionals? If I you're decided, reading the same music, saying if I'm watching, I decided to ditch everything and say, you know what, I'm gonna really make this thing work, and I practice several hours a day. Yeah, I could probably become a professional pianist. Okay, so but, he, but I don't have that kind of motivation you know because I, I i do it for fun and 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 but you're and, a you're a high level if it's a hobby of yours you are an extremely high level um that's an extremely high level hobby okay i would say okay well thank you <laughs> okay so so anybody is i i will watch him play and it's like he's reading a book of music of course i kind of tried to learn which it took to be honest i spent like two weeks on it but you're like reading all these notes and your hands are just kind of flying all over the keyboard, going to the side, going louder, going softer, playing all these different random, I say random, obviously they're on your, your sheet music, but um, I mean, you're playing some songs that are five, six, seven, eight minutes long, right? Oh yeah. Some of the concertos are easily 40 minutes long. 40? The same song? Yeah. Like a and they're basic all concert, like a concerto being... Um, you're, you're the solo instrument in, with a s- symphony orchestra. And so there are some pieces that will easily go 40 minutes by Beethoven or Chopin or, or whatever. A 40-minute song. Does it repeat? Is there a Peace. lot of... <laughs> Peace. And, yeah, song, like, yeah, song has words, right? So it's, it's, you know, they're so, pieces. So uh, what's it called? A son- sonata? sonata? Sonata. Sonata is just... S-O-N, right? S-O-N-A-T-A. Sonata. Well, sonatas can be long. Some of the sonatas can be long. What's the other terms? There's sonatas, there's... What What are other, like... What's the sonatas described? So, sonata is um, as opposed to cantata. So, cantata is like, you know, something to be sung. Right? Okay. Um, by voice, right, obviously. Versus sonata is something to be performed on, on an instrument. To be sounded. Sonata. So, they're usually solo works of... Of music for a specific instrument, and some some of those piano sonatas can be quite long and, and difficult, and yeah, and often there are show pieces, and, so, and and even 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 one like Beethoven sonata can easily go for about thirty minutes. Is he the most famous composer, or is it Mozart? <laughs> Probably Mozart. Well, pr- I mean. Probably most well, no. everyone has n- heard of Beethoven or Mozart, right? Um, probably less people have heard of some someone like Shostakovich or, or Kachaturian or something like that. So, like Bach, Bach, yeah, Ch- it's Chopin. Ver- Ch- Chopin is you know very well known. Um, yeah, what were they? Um, what nationality were they? Austrian. <laughs> 
<laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so Beethoven was um, Hungary German of Dutch descent, I think. Okay. Um, um, Mozart was Austrian. Mm-hmm. Chopin was. Um, I, I believe his father was French, but he but Chopin took on Poland as a national nationality. So he was very much a he 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 saw himself as a as a Polish man. Um, Bach was Bach German. was German. Um, yeah. Who's the most famous American? There's really not. See, one. American composers came much later um, because. Uh, a lot of, I think, um, 19th century America was more focused on like uh, expansion and, and frontiers and and, you know, and and that kind of stuff. So I think, um, I think, I'm probably ignorant saying this, but I think it's there's not as many well-known. It's a very classical American composer. So it's a very very European. Yeah, it's very it's very flair. European. Um, Until the twentieth century, and things become a little bit more jumbled. So when did you start playing piano? I remember. So we in had Korea? In, in Korea. I was in kindergarten, and they gave us an instrument to play. Just hey, you're gonna play the drums. You're gonna play this. You're gonna play that. You're gonna play the tambourine. Just you know, like you know, school kids just bang on things, and mm-hmm. and so they gave me like a small keyboard to play and apparently I did really well apparently and I the reason I say that is because um my mom told me much later that the, my kindergarten teacher I guess for like a parent teacher meeting thought that um and she my teacher told my mom that she thought that I was really good at the keyboard and so my mom's like oh really okay well maybe we'll Try some lessons. So I started taking lessons. Um, so you're about five. Yeah, five or six probably. And you really haven't stopped in about 30 years. Yeah, and I and I liked it. I started playing the piano and I liked it. And um, it was really funny because like I think in my first year or after my first year or maybe after my second year, they, they wanted me to enter a piano competition for which I won a silver medal. Which is, I guess, pretty good. And and I thought I'm just gonna go up there and play. And I guess they, I guess the people thought I was pretty good. <laughs> and so, um, so I thought, hey, this is kind of fun. And uh, yeah, I just never stopped playing. Have you ever taken a break from it? There was one time. So when I came to the U.S., um, I had my so I start so I started lessons with my. Um, another one of my teachers in New Orleans and she was uh, very strict she used to be a college professor and um, she was sort of a retired college professor so she was very strict about everything and so um, for a while because she was so strict I was I dreaded my piano lessons and so for a time then I thought you know what this is not worth it I kind of don't want to do this I kind of don't want to go to these lessons and so I told mom that I might not want to do it anymore and she's like you know what if you don't want to do it you don't have to it's expensive anyway <laughs> we're not going to force you to do it but by then I had already been playing for what four or five years 
and so I thought, you know what, if I stop now, I feel like the the years that I've invested, <laughs> four or five years, are, are gonna go to waste. And so I just I just thought maybe I'll just kind of stick it out. And then I guess my piano teacher thought that she was maybe too hard on me too, so she kind of, you know, backed off a little bit. And it became a lot more fun. And from then on, I did it not because of anybody else, but because I wanted to do it. And I really started enjoying it a lot, and so I never stopped. When, so when did you, when did you know you were like good at it? Like you kind of like really. So I, I kind of say this in the sense that you know when you start off and you're just kind of playing and you're learning the you're learning the chords and you're learning the keys and you're learning all the notes. And when was the point where you really felt that you understood piano? Like really understood it, where you could read it and you could play it pretty confidently, and then you just started getting more advanced. It's more like I I wanted to be better. Like, ooh, look at this person. Like you say, and uh, someone who's older than me. Like say, if I was in first grade, like someone who's in sixth or seventh grade playing a certain piece, I'm like, well, that sounds really cool. I don't, I want to be able to play like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I could do it. So it's more like it. It's at, at the time it's sort of like an ego thing. I'm like, I'm gonna be able to do it. I'm gonna be better than a lot of people. I'm gonna work on it. And so, at that time, those kinds of things like motivated me to see people play um, on TV or, or or in concert or whatever. I'm like, oh gosh, that sounds really awesome. I want to be able to play that. And so when I when I sat down and, and try to play things like that, I you know you work on it obviously, and then you get better at it. It's kind of like I, I mean, I never played sports much when I was when I was younger, but I kind of figured it's kind of like that competitive feeling when you're when when you're in sports too. Oh, that kid can do whatever. He can he can run a whatever mile in however many minutes. Well, I'm, I'm sure I can I can beat him too. So you work towards that kind of you know. So it's same thing in piano for me. You you I I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do it well, so I'm going to work on it. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, so, be good at it. So you work. Yeah, no, so you, you improve that way, I guess. But do you think you were like still kind of grade school level? Or do you think you were high school? Or do you think you were college when you like really felt? I don't I, I would think that you'd be pretty fluid well, by the time you were high school. Well, the thing is, I kind of knew that I had a talent just because there are things that I could do that other people couldn't do. For instance, I, I'm, you know, I'm actually, um, I have what they call a perfect pitch. I mean, you can hear this. I could, I could hear a tone and I could tell you what note that is, um, for instance, right? I didn't know that a lot of people, most people didn't have that ability until, I think, in high school. Because <laughs> people, because I was in band, actually, in, in middle and high school, and then in and, and and then I guess I, I guess we we're just kind of playing a game, and then I was like, I could tell you what note that is, and then I started getting them all right, and they're like, Whoa, how do you know this? I was like, I just know it. How come you don't know it? It's like I, most people had they couldn't do it. Every, like none of the other um, bad mates in school could name another note like I could. And so, so I realized, wow, this is kind of, I guess I'm kind of special in that way. Did you, did you play like through, like, 
Did you play in high school? Like in band? I say bands, but did you play like concerts and stuff like that? Well, I'm in, in, in middle and high school, I played the clarinet. So I played the clarinet. I played the oboe. Um, for a time, I played the French horn as well. Oh, me too. So um, I didn't play the piano, of, of course, because piano was not really a band instrument. But you could still play it fluent, obviously, right? Through, right. Hi, through high school? Right. Okay. So you're still playing piano at the time. You just right. weren't doing it within this, the school system. Right, because of course, you know, I'm playing classical piano. You mm-hmm. can't really; it doesn't it doesn't fit in with the band music. But of course, my background in music does help. So, so what's the uh, why classical music? Out of my classical music, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you play. Well, because I was classical. classically trained. You know, we uh, I started with things like you know basic Bach. Mozart, things like that. So I was trained that way. And um, and for a time, I tried to get into things like jazz or or something more 20th century. I just couldn't get into it. It was, there, I feel like there was less structure. I like structure. I like structure. Mm-hmm. There's less structure, less rules sort of to follow. I'm problem. I, again, I'm, in I'm which saying one? this in jazz. In, 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 yeah, to me, like maybe because I wasn't like trained that improvisation, improvisation, and improvisation. things like. And I didn't and wasn't comfortable doing it that way, and so, so I, you know, I, and to, I, not that I don't appreciate jazz, but I just, I just couldn't get into it. That's all it is. And Do I you, like, and I like the pieces that are in in classical music, just as. Just as they are, I don't. I, I felt like I, there's nothing that I'm missing from this, so it didn't make me want to search for something else. Could you know? play jazz if you wanted to? If I, if I, I mean, you kind of put like a jazz flair in a song if you really wanted to. I, I don't. I mean, I I don't think so because I don't know what a jazz flair really means. I don't know what I don't know what it means to really improvise. I probably could do it, um, but then again, I don't really have any desire to. Yeah. You know? So, so for uh, what's what's your favorite piece to play? Oh. Do you have an all-time favorite? I there's so many favorite pieces. I can't. Who's who's your absolute? Who's your absolute? Uh, uh, well, if you had to pick one, like which one would you? Th- one piece. It's it's that's really hard to say. I mean, what about your favorite composer? I've I've I've. A lot give, of different. Okay, so if I had to give pick me, give me one, th- give me, if, give if me I had three. To pick two, give me three. Three. Okay, Chopin. I like Bach. A third one. Mm. Which so those are your top two? Those are my top two, probably. If you had to pick Chopin, number one. Oh, it's kind of hard because of different it's styles. Kind of hard. It's, they're so different. Um, one is Baroque. One is very romantic. So, what about a? Mozart, did you ever see Amadeus? Yes, I did. It's a good movie. Yeah, I watched it a couple of years ago with Gina, and I, I didn't know anything about it, and I didn't realize his middle name middle name's Amadeus. Yes, so it's Mozart, Amadeus, no, Wolfgang, Wolfgang, Mozart, Amadeus, no, no Wolfgang, Am, Am, yes, Wolfgang, Amadeus, Mozart, Mozart's his last name. That's right. That's the full name. Yeah. Okay. That that was a pretty good movie. He was was he like the first child prodigy because he was so young doing it, or is that is it just kind of like hyped up about him? Very good question. I mean, because I'm assuming I think they all I th- were fairly young when they did this. Like, I think Beethoven was composing music when he was probably, you know, 15 but or 20. But Beethoven was 
he was a different generation. Was Mozart he, was older. Mozart was at before him. Yeah, Mozart was before. Who, who was uh, is Chopin and Bach before or after? Oh, Bach was Bach was born in sixteen eighty five, died in seventeen fifty, and Chopin was born in eighteen ten. So they're different centuries. <laughs> what, what about uh, Beethoven and Mozart? Um, Beethoven, I think they're born. I don't, couldn't tell you exactly what dates, um, but I think they're both in the 18th century or 1700s. But I believe I believe Mozart's a generation older than, because because Mozart is considered like classical, and um, Beethoven is cl- considered late classical, early romantic. So he he's bridging the. Um, the time between classical and romantic eras. Have you ever seen that computer software? Have you seen it on YouTube when they play and like all the notes come down and they're playing music? Have you ever seen that? So is it a, I mean, like a game, like a video game. I don't or? know if it's a video game or if it's like how you people learn, but like you can go on and put type in one of Mozart's sonata, symphony, whatever you know, the, whatever the names are of it, and the notes start coming down, but like. And it kind of gives you a guideline, like if you were to play along with it. But they're playing the keyboards on the ground, like their well, their hands are on the keys, and then this like screen is coming down, and they're playing, and it's kind of showing the notes that they're playing, and it, like the notes are holding, and like the fast motions and all of it. But it looks kind of cool; it almost looks like a rock band kind of thing, right? Like rock band. Mm-hmm. So it kind of has the same idea, and I'm sure it's some kind of computer software that you hook up to like an electronic keyboard. I've never seen that. That's kind of interesting. If you go on a uh, if you go on like here, as we're talking, I'll bring it up because it's pretty much on any YouTube if you can find it. Um, let me see. But that's what reading music is essentially. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. You're not reading music. You're reading. It's it's literally like reading. <clears throat> no, but that's how. To me, if you know how to read music, that's basically what reading music is. So you have these notes that have to come on at, this, at, at these times, and you have to hit them at those right times. Let me see. Okay, so we're going to go music, piano, would you say? Chopin? Whatever, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Whatever composer has it. And then I'm going to say like music, I don't know, Chopin, music. Um, I don't... Sheet? Okay, that, that, right here. Who's that? That's Mozart. That's a pretty... Can I take a look? I'm going to skip the ad. Oh. This right here. That's Chopin. But you see how the keys are going? You can have, it's all color-coded and... You've never seen that? I mean, that's like... That's like a video game, like Rock Band, or a guitar. Yeah, but era. I don't. Is that an, is that an actual video game? Because I've seen this on a lot of them. So I yeah, think that's it's actually all, a video game. That's a video game. With this? Yes. I I'm not sure this. Is. I'm not sure if this this particular thing is a video game, but they have video games like that for for piano. Because they have for, for rock piano. Band. Rock Band. This well, it's, this is what they're playing. Rock, piano. Rock Band's like like drums Guitar Hero. Guitar. Oh well, I don't know if they have one. Or for Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero. I'm not really sure if they have one for a classical piano. Um, but I think there this might is be. this is probably some type of software that you plug into like the keyboard. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that it could be available is, for keyboards. Is C th- is C three? What's that called again? Your middle C. Hmm? Middle C right here. 
C3. There's a button that says C3 unless that's just telling you where it is on the keyboard. Oh. As like a reference okay. point. Yeah. I mean, is this... So, so I'm not sure if this is a computerized um, thing or if someone's actually playing it. But this is this really is obviously know. easy. Like you can get hard. Like this is kind of. This like is the, not even that. This is actually not even the, uh, the original Chopin piece. This is like the simplified version of Chopin. So it's called Chopin Nocturnal. Nocturne, yeah. Plutex. <coughs> oh what? Plutex. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's yeah. This is not the uh, original Chopin Nocturne. It's but you'd like put, you'd put it like hard, right? Or be like the original, the most insane piano pieces, like something like this, like right here. Like you could play this. Right. You could play that. Right. Like you're following all this right now. I mean, but you can't. It's I mean, you're not, easier you're not to read the music. No, I know, but like I'm saying, like music-wise, like you, I've seen you play this fast. I mean, how many notes is that right there? That's a lot. Hundreds of notes that have just flown, flown by. But this is like easy for you. Like this is like reading a book. I mean, it's not easy, but it's. I mean, it's doable. Do you know that song? Yes, I do know. Oh. I know this piece, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's pretty easy when you listen to like piano that you can pick out the song just like that. Because that's yeah. like... What I was know that? it's... That was a uh, Chopin A2 Opus 10 number 4. And yeah, C, like that C makes no major. sense. That makes... I mean, obviously, I'm not, not fine-tuned in, in piano, but that's pretty cool. Um, so is that something that you think you can play your entire life? Is yeah, I don't hard? think I'll ever give up playing the piano. I love it. I would hate to lose it how was the french horn did you like that it was very difficult <laughs> it was That's, that was my jam i said jam i, I, I mean was, i started I, I put zero time into learning i it. started with woodwinds and so to make the transition to brass was it's kind of very difficult I, don't know. I didn't like it that much um so and then also um what's your favorite type of food Oh, it's that's like you're, you're, it's you're asking, a foodie guy. You're a big guy asking, in food. It's asking what's your favorite piece. It's like it's I don't know. It's hard like, like to a, say. Like a normal, not not, not Plattsburgh. We're putting you smack dab in New York City. Where you go and eat? Oh, New York City has so many. I different know. But types. Like, what what do you what are you feeling? Like like like. I mean, I love a good steak, right? A good steakhouse. That's house. your favorite. That's the first one you come up with. I mean, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's there's something to be said about having a really nice steak. Versus well, I mean, I having like a really wholesome, like warm, heartwarming, like bowl of ramen noodle soup versus having something that I'm used to, like for instance, having Korean food, Korean barbecue versus having amazing sushi versus amazing Indian food or like just something super like easy and, and, and simple like um, hamburger helper. I love hamburger helpers too. It's like... <laughs> Saying, saying you're, I don't, you're, you're, I don't, I have like I, I can eat. You're, you're ruining. I know, but you're ruining. Like you're, you're, every time I go out to eat with you, it's like very like ethnic foods. We don't. Well, because we don't have a whole lot here. No, I know, but I'm saying like it's when, McDonald's saying, when or have had like steak? Himalaya. Well, you're you're actually a good cook, but when when have you had like steak? Never here, steak. We, there aren't any good steakhouses. Well, we just never go to a steakhouse. But like, um, well, what what steakhouse is there here? There isn't a steak. I mean, there's places that serve steak, but it's not a true steak. But I'm saying like in general, um, like sushi. Obviously, you like sushi because you taught me a little Sushi's bit about good. sushi. Yeah, I like sushi. What about pho? 
Pho, pho is, Viet- is Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Yes. Um, is there pho around here? Anybody? Yeah, Burlington actually has some decent pho. Places. Really? If you ever like come out to Burlington with me, I can take you some good Vietnamese places. They're legit. Uh, they're, they're legit. They're pretty v- good. Vietnamese. Yeah. What, what's Single Pebble? That's Japanese? That's that's Chinese. Is it Chinese? I like yeah. that place. It's good. I like that place. Too. I don't think they have pho. They have some other stuff. Like Yamup got in their little... What, what's their bowl there? Who? Where? The bowl. Like Yama? Yama. It's like a soup bowl, but it has like egg in it. And it has noodles. Oh, you're talking about udon noodles. Yeah, but there's a different name to it. It's a, it's a hot bowl. They call it like whatever the name is, but it's a fairly big size bowl. It's got like a broth in it. It's got noodles. It's got vegetables. I think it has some kind of meat. It's there's, either new, udon noodles or soba noodles, probably. That's, that's yeah. What What's the that. angel hair noodles? Those are the ones. Those are like. just like really fine. I like that. I like the thin, fine. Noodles. I like the really thin, thin noodles. Um, it's hard to get. I think Kodo might have them. Right or no? They have soba. Which is the thinner version? Soba is soba is a thinner. I always end up googling this when we go out to eat. Like I take a photo. I'm not photo, but I'm like soba Google image. Okay, that's what I want. But I always like like the little angel hair. If you if you ever come to New York City or if you ever come to Chicago, like, let's let's take you on like a good food tour or something. Yeah, that's what that's what I want to do. That's the whole reason. Well, you should have invited me last time you went to New York City. Well, I did. You were working. (laughs) Well, you invited me two days before you were leaving. That's kind of like you invite me to lunch. You but you're two hours so. Um, so, um, why, why, uh, why should, did you, did you ever live in Chicago? No. Just have friends out there? Your friends and family, yeah. Oh, family too? Yeah. Oh yeah, your cousin lives out yeah. there. Um, so Chicago, um, that's your next venture? Yeah. Um, is that good? That's a good food place too? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, it's a big city, so there's gotta be stuff out yeah, there. Yeah, there's good, there's so, good food there. So saying what we're gonna do, we're gonna fly out. Burlington to Chicago is direct flight, right? It is. And is O'Hare the only airport out there? No, there's also Midway. But but if you're going to fly from Burlington, it's going to be O'Hare. And O'Hare is what, about a half hour trip in? Depending on the time of the day. Because when we drove out to uh, Wisconsin this past year, we drove th- like through Chicago. Right. But like whatever that main road is, was it 95, 94, 95? 90, probably. I don't know. Well, I-90 kind of turned, whatever. 94, I think. 90 becomes 94. Yeah, something. something like that. And we went through, it was like pretty hectic. But it was kind of cool, but... Chicago's a big place. It is. And I didn't realize that Chicago, southeast Chicago, is on the the Indiana-Illinois yeah. border. I didn't know that. Yeah. I always thought Chicago was a little more farther up, uh, but it's right in the bottom corner. Yeah. Like, in, yeah, Chicago, like, greater, like, I think people even commute from Indiana into Chicago. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, I remember looking at Google Maps when we went through, and it was, like, Indiana border, and, it, like, you could see the suburbs of Chicago yep. were, like, in Indiana. Exactly. And yeah. I think there was a couple spots... Um, I don't. I want to even say like part of Chicago is in Indiana, the city limits. No, I it, think Chicago is strictly only in Illinois. Yeah. Okay. Well, but I think I know what you mean that it's like the development spills into um, Indiana, kind of like how New York City spills into like you know northern New Jersey, sort of. Yeah, like Hoboken and things yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and Jersey City, people commute into New York City. Um, so that's kind of a similar idea, I think. So. I've never been to Chicago, but uh, yeah, like I said, we went through O'Hare, was a little farther out, busy airport. I've flown into O'Hare before, but never visited Chicago. Um, I would like to go out there. You guys don't move to the, the, the fall, though. September, yeah. Shoot. We're going we're gonna to be going out oh, there. Oh, you know what we should do? Go to a Bulls game. <laughs> a what game? A Bulls, Chicago, basketball, <coughs> round ball. Oh, I would love to go see a Cubs game. Well, they're playing all 
all summer, right? Yeah, I know, but we're not. I'm not going to go out in the summer. But I'm saying, like in the fall when you live there. But they're going to be. That's like unless they're in the playoffs, that'd be cool. That would be right. Fly out, see a playoff game. Um, I would go see a Bulls game though. I don't want to. We drove by the White Sox. I have no desire to see the White Sox. I'd want to go to Wrigley. Um, what's the? Uh, I don't care about the Bears. I don't care about the Blackhawks. So it'd be Chicago Bulls. I think would be cool. And then uh, yeah, I think it'd be good. What uh, have you ever been to? Was it? What's the big steakhouse there? Oh, there's so many. So well, the big, I, the big I, I, one, like the famous one. I don't know. I don't know if there's a the Gibson? famous. Gibson? Oh, Gibson's a good one. Yeah, is that the famous one? I mean, it's one is of that the, the one where ones. Michael Jordan went. You know, I, go I don't know. Michael Jordan has his own steakhouse in Chicago. Now he, he does. What's <laughs> it called? Michael Jordan Steakhouse. Have you been? No. I mean, there's like, Chicago is a, so, it's an amazing place for steaks. There's there's great steakhouses like all over. It's kind of different from New York City. So if we're going out, you'd want to go to a steakhouse. Yeah, well, I'll take you to a good steakhouse. You what about a sushi or... or uh... No, Chicago is in the Midwest. So everything is flown in. So it's not so good. It's Chica- not like... Sushi is That's not more of a that city? great. So if we go back to New York City, you'll fly in and, and have some sushi yeah. with us. Yeah, if you go to New York City, I'll take you to some amazing sushi places. Um, less so, I think, in, in Chicago. Although you can get some amazing rolls and, and things like that. But I think for like just amazing fish... It's hard to get in Chicago. What about Korean barbecue? I mean, what's what's the what is Korean barbecue compared to normal barbecue? What's the difference? Um, Korean barbecue you cook usually in, in in at your table. So there's so imagine in sitting in front of us there's a table right there's but in the middle of it is is, is cut out for a big grill mm-hmm. and and. So they bring out the, the the marinated meats and you cook it in front of you, and then you basically it's a communal thing. You eat it with your friends and family, and you're talking to chenders and a bunch of side dishes all around the table. And so it's it's a kind of a unique experience. Are you cooking the meat yourself? You're, you're cooking the meat yourself, yeah. So you're going to so you're doing the work, like you're going in paying for meat that you're cooking. Is it expensive? <laughs> It can be, so but they're, making, the they're making cuts. But they're making you cook it. Do they have somebody watching over it? What do you mean? Like you got you're watching sink. it. You 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 have to make sure that you're not burning your own meat. I know, but like how do how do you, like people don't know what they're doing? Do they have people that kind of show them what to do? So if you've never done this before, the servers will cook it for you mm-hmm. in front of you. But you know, most Koreans or most people who are familiar with this type of um, uh, restaurants, they will cook it themselves. And it's not it's not that hard. They give you tongs and and everything, so you just kind of flip it and everything, and you think, and and these things are um, thinly sliced, so it's not like a thick piece of steak. Oh, you so don't it know. cooks quick. Yeah, it cooks it cooks in like forty five seconds per piece, and so and, and the, each piece is you know it's tiny, and so you cook it and then you have a bite. What goes with Korean barbecue? Like what sides? Oh, you know when you go to like Brazilian steakhouse, they always have like the cold salad bar, right? And then you get the meat. Well, you, I think you should. Tr- if you ever, if you come with me to a Korean restaurant, I'll show you. Because Korean food is based on, of course, the rice. But it has a lot of different side dishes. Pickled vegetables. Um, uh, lots of different, usually lots of different vegetables. There's some soups, stews. And, 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 so, and so these things all come out at the same time. And so you have a lot, a lot of different things to choose from, obviously. Is that is 
Is Korean barbecue like very authentic in Korea, or is it kind yeah. of more commercialized over here? Oh no, 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 it's very authentic. Like that's like yeah. a normal like meal that you would have back home. No, we, we, this meat is isn't meat isn't meat has always sort of been uh, only for a special occasion. Um, but now that everyone's, you know, wealthy and they have money and they want to eat out, it's become a lot more popular. Obviously, so it's more like a, a delicacy meat. Yeah, like when I was in Korea, for instance, we didn't have, we had Korean barbecue maybe like once every like three months at a special restaurant, and usually it's a special day, you know, birthday or something like that. Um, is is Korea a big fish country? Yeah, huge. Really? Is it? But Korea is not an island. It's kind of like an inlet. It's a, pen- it's, it's a peninsula. Peninsula. So it's so yeah, we do have a lot of, you know, seafood and things like that. So is that a, that's probably a pretty popular um, like in Korea like I, I would assume kind of like in the Northeast um, you know fishing that's a, a popular uh, what's it called economic market like that's a big yeah well you know uh, what's the word I'm, you know what I mean like that's a that's a big industry within right. Korea is just the fishing and stuff off, off the coast it's not bigger than Japan or no well similar Japan is a larger country so obviously and it. Yeah, it's really? it's Japan's definitely even if you combine North and South Korea, um, Japan's still a larger country by land and uh, by population. So of course they have a bigger industry, um, but but Koreans do do uh, they do there are a lot of fishermen out there. And you grew up in uh, Seoul, uh, outs- outskirts, in the outskirts. How how far is Seoul from is Seoul, Seoul or Seoul? Mm, if you it's it's actually pronounced Seoul. Two syllables, Seoul, 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 but it's written S E O U L, so Seoul. So it's pronounced Seoul in English, like your soul, spirit. Soul. Yep. Um, but it's supposed to have two syllables, Seoul. So, so if you go to like Korea, you're saying Seoul. If I if I go Seoul. to Korea, I would say Seoul. 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 Yeah. Um, how far is so you said um, Seoul is close to North Korea, right? Yeah, not very far at all. Um, from the border. Right? What, how, how far from north to south of Korea? Do you know roughly the distance in miles? Oh, from like like one tip of Korea to the, the other? The most southern tip of Korea, South Korea to the, the border. It's maybe like 300 miles? I don't even know. It's not okay, it's so about like here to New York City. Yeah. Probably, okay. and then what? What's the distance? So, like, what's that? Is no man's land? Like, what's that called? DMZ. DMZ. What's it stand for? Demilitarized zone. That's about a hundred yards. A hundred. A hundred miles. No, I don't think so. Maybe fifty miles. Fifty miles. Maybe. Is it twenty-five and twenty-five? Like it's it's split one side and the other side. No, you just can't go in there. Nobody can. Nobody can. Um, but I'm saying like. Is that line like you have the you have the, the main border and does it go off twenty roughly? I mean, you know, roughly twenty five miles each way. Mm-hmm. And then, who can go in that? Nobody. I don't think anyone could. Like military, nothing. Nothing. That's why it's like called DMZ, demilitarizing. Like what's it, what's what is that made up of? What kind of land? Is it like wasteland? Is it like no? And I heard because no one has been in there for the last seventy years. I heard it's like a wildlife paradise. <laughs> So, so nobody that you really don't cross that. Like you nobody not, would actually like do not go in there. No, what's on each border? They have like the borders actually like all boarded up and say like do not cross fences and there's patrols and all that stuff. Wow. 
Do you think that's ever going to be resolved? Didn't they? I didn't, hope so. Didn't North and South they join? Uh, was the women's hockey team at the Olympics? And, well, so, and, yeah, so whole. <laughs> yeah, and they um, the most recent Winter Olympics. Yeah, they're on the one team. They're on like a unified, yeah, unified career. team. Yeah, something like. Is that, that kind of like a big thing now? Like what happens? I mean, they the try. North- they, I mean, these are just small, small steps in trying to come up with a unified country because I think. I think a lot of people want reunification just because, like, for instance, my mom's side is actually all from the northern part of Korea. And so... The north, the north, or from North Korea or the northern part of southern Korea? North, that- north Korea. What is now North Korea? Oh, okay. So my grandparents, my mom's mom and dad, they were from what is now North Korea. And they still have siblings there, which they haven't seen in seven years, 70 years. But, you know, like... My grandparents have passed away, so, so, so my aunts and uncles have cousins there that they have never met. So, um, can people in North Korea travel in and out of North Korea? I think it's very difficult. So, if you, you like live in North Korea, you're pretty much even if even to like go to a different town, I think you need permission. How many, the, how many people live in North Korea? About twenty-five million. Wow, is that many? What what is the uh, main is it Pyeongchang, the the capital of yeah. North Korea, Pyongyang, 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 yeah, and that's where uh, Kim Jong Un is. Yeah. Um. How, he's not that old though. He's about your age. He's my age. Maybe a little bit, even a little bit younger than me. He, that's odd. I I don't know that that that'd be kind of, they're probably the worst country on earth, right? For the most part. From at least a policy say, standpoint, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, I'm lucky I wasn't born there. What, what, uh, now for the Korean War back in the 50s, that was obviously North and South Korea. I mean, it's been so long since I've read a history book, so I couldn't even tell you, but, um, obviously that did nothing or did it? So basically, did what happened any, was, did you have to learn that in your history? So, so I'll tell you. So, end of 19th century. Like late 1800s, um, Korea had become very sort of um, how should I say it? It's it's become it was very corrupt in in a, in, in sort of in a sense in that it was there was a lot of uh, um, class like uh, separation. You know, inequality and everything like that, and and people were um, only obsessed about maintaining their maintaining their own status, maintain, maintaining their name, maintaining their household, and they, and and the whole country was very much like that. And they were so they were not focused on economy. They weren't focused on science or the arts. They were just so focused on their keeping up with their own status and so um it became very corrupt in that way and 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 it had been too too rely on reliant on china for protection from from the outside world um and so when when the european powers became very 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 powerful and in japan became very developed in the late 19th century um, 
they basically tore apart China. And in the process, Korea sort of had no one to defend, defend them. And so what Japan did was Japan's like, oh, I'm going to become Korea's protectorate, right? Protector. And so um, Japan sort of essentially took over Korea in the early 20th century. So, so um, when, when Japan did that, uh, Japan was basically trying to erase everything Korean. Like kids weren't, uh, people weren't allowed to speak Korean. People weren't allowed to mention anything about Korea. They were all being taught Japanese. In fact, my grandparents all spoke Japanese fluently because they grew up in that era. So that lasted for about 36 years. And so when Japan lost World War II, 1945, all of a sudden Korea was just kind of like in shambles. You know, war had torn through it and everything. No one, and there's no leadership at the time because when Japan took over Korea, they basically got rid of the royal family. And so, um, so 1950, the victors of essentially the World War II, which is U.S. and, and USSR, was trying to influence these different countries, smaller countries around the world, to their own side. So whether it's capitalism versus communism. For, and so uh, I think what happened was uh, the Russians installed um, a puppet leader, Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-un's grandfather, to, to become sort of like grooming him to become sort of the leader of, of Korea. And, and of, of course, U.S. Americans, uh, we, we resisted against that because we don't want another communist country. And so, so that's why there was a big war. It was, it was basically a force of communism versus force of uh, capitalism fighting against each other. And then after a three-year very bloody battle, uh, war actually, they decided, you know what, enough is enough. Korea is going to be divided into two countries, North and South. North is going to be closer to Russia and China, so it's going to be communist. The South is going to be closer to Japan and U.S., so it's going to be a democracy. So that's, that's sort of the long history of what happened. So they came up with North and South Korea after the Korean War? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I mean, I, I might have known that 15 years ago when I took it in school, but... Um, but so obviously still to this, like when you were over there and when you've gone, gone back and visited, is that still like pretty prevalent over there? What is prevalent? Meaning just like that, that history and the divide or no? Because it's kind of... I mean, of, yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows exactly what happened. But it's not like, I mean, you never interact with anybody from the North, so it's kind of like... Right. So now, like, especially... The, so the older generation, like my parents and my grandparents, they still had their families in North Korea. So those people are very much for reunification and all that stuff, so they could be... Together, but like a lot of the younger generation, I think they kind of think more realistically mm-hmm. that it may not happen, it may not happen for a while. And I think also because of their, you know, their thought, uh, their thought process, they're less inclined to um, fight for un- reunification. Um, do North Koreans have Samsungs? <laughs> no. No? Like nothing, no way. No, you have, you is live in that, a totalitarian state. It's like the sense. government tells you everything 
what you can eat, what you cannot eat, what you, when you can leave the house, when you cannot leave the house. I mean, they tell you, they, they get to dictate everything. Do they have pianos in South North Korea? Probably. They must. Only the, only the very wealthy probably can have it. Um, so, what's the most... Uh, you're a Samsung guy, right? Android versus Android versus what Apple. What do you have, Android? I have an Android phone, yeah. It is a Samsung phone. Is that is that because it's Korean? No, it's because I don't like Apple. Why don't you like Apple? Don't roll your eyes. Why don't you like <laughs> Apple? <laughs> this is an Apple office right here. Oh, is it really? That's it. I don't, it show me a PC. I don't. I don't know. Nothing. Where's your phone? Nothing. Is that an Apple phone too? That's oh, an yeah. Apple. That's Apple. Okay, so I'll tell you. So I was actually a very early adapter of a lot of Apple's um, hardware. Like for instance, um, way before iPhones came out, I bought their one of their first generation iPods, and I because I thought they were really cool as an MP3 player. And so, but I noticed that when I started buying into these Apple hardware, I had to buy a whole lot else along with it for instance when i bought my apple ipod i had to buy what they call a firewire card because it wouldn't connect directly into my pc because i didn't have an apple P apple computer back then and so so because i didn't have an apple computer i had the only way to connect my apple ipod to my pc was by buying a separate card called a firewire card so that i could plug in my device into my computer so i could do things with mm -hmm. it upload mp3s whatever and so that so that was another what i don't know how long how much that was back then it was like another hundred dollars or something like that you know but and then so i was like whatever it's the price i pay for having a good device i guess but then again the ipod gave me a lot of problems it started crashing on me the battery life was quickly becoming very unreliable and you know it, and i thought maybe it wasn't worth it and then so i bought other mp3 players and then when um the macbooks came out the, the, the notebook computers by apple when they came out i was again one of the first people in line to buy those things were you in the city at the time no this was back in baltimore so it was 2000s early 2000s mid 2000s and so after I bought the MacBook, you know, they, the Apple geniuses, they plugged in, they, they, pl they were plugging all these, like, uh, all these other Apple products uh, for me to buy. Like, um, I wasn't sure, but, you know, because I had this experience with Apple's uh, incompatibility with PCs. I didn't know whether my new MacBook would be compatible with my current router. So I said, do I need a new router? Do I need to buy an Apple-specific router for me to be able to use Wi-Fi on my laptop? And basically, they lied to me and said, yes, that I did need an, an Apple-specific um, router. So I ended up buying what, uh, uh, what they called an uh, Apple Airport, basically another router, which was completely useless. Not, not useless. I didn't need it, but they still made me buy it for another $300 at the time. And... And so I find I find that Apple's always trying to upsell me things, always trying to buy me to uh, try to get me to buy more of their stuff that wasn't necessary, and um, and during my first year of ownership of my MacBook, everyone's like, "Oh, my MacBook's so reliable." I didn't have that kind of experience. My screen died; I had that replaced. 
my um, hard drive down. I had that replaced. Like everything, like kept dying on me, and I had I had it um, taken care of by my warranty. But just as my warranty, my one year warranty ran out because I didn't buy the Apple Care or whatever, um, my uh, CD drive died. So I took it to the Apple Store and I said, "How much is it to expire uh, uh, to repair this?" Because my Apple uh, my Apple warranty is expired, and they're like, well, "It's going to be about four hundred dollars." Like four hundred dollars? Are you guys crazy? I mean, this whole the MacBook at the time only cost about a thousand dollars for the entire computer. You can charge me now. well, much more. Back then it was about a thousand dollars, and they're like, and I said, "Are you going to charge really charge me four hundred dollars to get?" new cd drive that's kind of insane and you know what the apple genius told me it's like well you know what sir if you don't want to buy it if you don't want to pay this you can go buy another computer we don't have to you don't have to do anything with this and i said oh really is this the attitude that you're gonna have you're gonna have towards uh one of your customers i was like okay fine never buy another apple product again so that was my and you stuck to your guns oh i stuck to my guns since i've never and that's been 15 years no, probably uh, probably around ten years, probably. So I've not bought another Apple product since, because they were so arrogant and so untrustworthy, and pretty much some of them have lied to me, straight to my face, and I didn't like the customer service. So I said no, no, no more Apple. I'm not buying into the ecosystem. You buy one thing. You have to buy everything else because none of those things are compatible with what you, with what you, you got. The, you need the dongle. Whatever it is. You know what the dongle is? Yeah. It's like the thing to charge it now, right? Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Apple is always like this. And and I and I found that out. I guess I was kind of lucky. I found out early because I have I was done with it. I'm not going back to Apple again, or at least not for the foreseeable future. It's ridiculous. Saying very, very aggressive right now. Um, I'm not. Very, I'm host, very hostile. Well, this. you asked me why. That, that was I wasn't expecting. I just thought it would just be like I just like like. Uh, what what, you, what is your what are your thoughts about what I just said about Apple? Oh, I don't. I mean, I, I'm indifferent. I I uh, I, I like the uh, the, sim- the simplicity. I like that a lot of people have it, and I like that it's. But easy. do you not see my point of how Apple is being very? I think that there's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's. I don't like certain things that they have that I think they could have more user friendly. Th- um, pieces, things that are a little bit more compatible with a lot of stuff. But what about the fact that if you buy an Apple product, you have to upgrade everything else around you? And, and the fact that maybe I don't know, I don't, they always try to make things obsolete so that you have to buy another thing in a few years. Like this dongle, for instance. Like it's ridiculous, isn't it? You don't have to yep. deal with that kind of stuff with Android phones or with PCs. Well, I have that and I have... What's the j- the jack on that's different than the jack on the iPhone? This is just a USB C charger. What's the dongle one? I, I don't. Because I, 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 I couldn't this, tell you because I don't look, have any. Apple so look phones. at this mic. So I got this is my uh, new external mic. So when we not taping this um, episode today, but that's fine. This thing right here. So check that out. MV eighty eight. It's a it's a sure. Um, no, that's Ex- not gonna external mic. Like that wouldn't go into a Samsung. No, I think this is like an Apple thing, right? I don't know, but I mean, it's from Sure, so it's. I mean, it's compatible with an Apple. Yeah, this is I mean, not, that's sure, not compatible with my. So I'm sure I could probably put this. I'm sure that Sure made something compatible with with that also. Maybe. This actually has very good sound. So if I pop this thing off, which is just the wind cover, it's like this little. Uh, it's this little mic. 
So th these are actually like pretty heavy duty mics here. I got to actually, uh, here I'll show you. So this goes here. It's like you can mm -hmm. angle it different ways, but it's got a very good mic pickup as a basically a shotgun mic. Um, I'm actually, I was talking with a couple of friends the other day to improve the sound quality. So if you listen to this back, and of course we're on episode, what, 33 now? That when we listen to, have you listened to any of these? You haven't. I know you haven't. No, I have not. You don't care. That's okay. No, but uh, what happens is when you're talking, you see how far back your voice travels mm -hmm. before it comes back. And I was, t I was talking to a couple friends, and they said, because I'm always facing this direction, which I'm, so people that aren't here, the wall that's behind Sanger is about seven feet from me, maybe. And the wall that's behind me, so the one he's facing is 12, 13, 14 feet. Probably. So if you take that in, my voice travels and it comes back and it picks up a semi-echo. So anybody that's ever listened to any of these, my voice always does. Your voice will sound way clearer than mine will hmm. because of the pickup. So Interesting. my my next thing is I'm figuring out a way to kind of turn this into a more studio style, style setting so I have better pickup where I'm not getting the feedback and I don't I, that's what I was told I don't know because I don't really have any soft like the walls are hard so the sound bounces off real quick like I'm almost wondering if I like now if I like face my sounds dumb but like face my jacket because it's like a softer canvas it would hit off that so I gotta work on that but that, I mean this is not a studio no it's not the other problem so, is I have such high ceilings here that's not the most conducive for um for, audio yeah um uh, but I, I don't know like way to really and I got to figure it out and play with it a little bit, but it's going to get better. I'll find out a better studio because there's no the acoustics are poor in here, very poor. Um, maybe I could like uh, spray foam the top with all the like oh, you know when you go in like concert halls and they have like the stalagmite, it's kind of like ceiling looking like a cave. They do that for the acoustics, you know, right. it's all fuzzy and stuff and it's soft. I think um, there's a few like industrial buildings that have the same like I think Starbucks might. I think it's Starbucks or maybe it's Chipotle. I mean, they have kind of like the industrial ceilings. Mm -hmm. You can kind of look all the way up and see all the piping and stuff. Um, I had this conversation on our, on our last podcast. What are you, do you drink any other coffee besides Starbucks? Like, what do you mean? Like Dunkin', Green Mountain, anything like oh, that? Oh, I like Green Mountain coffee. I'm not a big fan of Dunkin' coffee though. I, I've gotten, we, we had this conversation, I had this conversation with Derek. Um, I become more of like a coffee I guess a coffee snob in the sense that I, I don't really care for Dunkin' Donuts coffee right now. I've gone through a spurt. I don't like Dunkin' Donuts. I, to coffee. me, I don't. I used to drink it a lot, and now I've gotten to the point where I just find that it's it's too. Uh, I don't know. I, it just doesn't have a good taste to me. Like Starbucks coffee, I love. Um, Green Mountain, I don't mind either. I just find that something with Starbucks coffee or uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffees. Yeah, what? something about Dunkin' Donuts. I don't. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's can you drink too it? too harsh? Can you drink it black? What? Do you drink do which, you, which what do you, do you what do you put in your coffee? I don't have to some sometimes I put like today I put a little bit of cream, a little Splenda, and that's it. Uh I, I like it iced, so I just put that over ice. And this is this is not a coffee, this is actually espresso. Yeah, I know, I saw that quad shot. Do you, yeah. are you a big espresso guy? I think I think Starbucks espresso tastes really good. It's very smooth, it has has a very I don't know. It has a very deep coffee flavor to it, um, even more so than just uh, regular Starbucks coffee. In fact, I thought I, I didn't like Starbucks coffee for a long time because I thought it was too burnt tasting and too bitter. Um, but the espresso, I, um, 
sort of is l- much less better to me. It's less harsh. So I, I really like I And I would, so because I have gotten used to the Starbucks espresso now, I would drink Starbucks coffee, but um, I think I still prefer the espresso. You don't have a coffee maker at your house, do you? I have a Keurig, but I haven't used it in a long time. Do you like Keurigs? I have one here. I hate it. I, I used to like it when I first got it. Um, and then I decided I like espressos better. <laughs> do you have an espresso machine? I don't. Uh, Larry gave me an espresso. I've been working on it. I'm not very, I'm not very good with it. Do you need a, the other thing is, do you need a certain type of bean? I haven't researched espresso enough. Do you need a certain type of bean, or is it just more a, a, um, a concentrated? I coffee? think it's the. I think I think espresso is not. I'm I'm not really sure, but I think it's actually the way you um, make the 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 coffee itself uh espresso i believe is more uh it has to be steamed at a very high temperature and pressure versus coffee so i think it's not so much the beans as it's the method of creating the drink so i think there was a there's it was a japanese brand i don't know the name of the of the company but do you have an espresso maker I do. Oh, I do, but I don't know what type of beans it really needs. So usually, all I do is I just really um, press down um, in you know like the little cup or whatever that you put it in, or the little filter thing. I press down on just normal grind, so it's just a more like packed in um, mm-hmm. coffee. So you know if you put like a drip coffee, you put it in the right. you put it in the filter and it'd be kind of it's kind of loose and, and you know just stacked up. This you would actually physically press down right. onto it, so the drip would be. There's more. There's yeah. more concentrated. Um, you're going through. Basically, the, this less amount of water is going through more coffee, so it comes out as a stronger flavor. Um, but I've done that a couple times. I'll just put like hot water and make like an americano. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. But, um, uh, so that there's this coffee um, machine that's out of Japan. I was told about it by a friend, and he had said that the reason that a lot of these coffee coffees taste better is because they heat it up at such a high point of of um like the drip comes through at such a higher higher um <clears throat> excuse me um temperature that like usually if you get like a coffee mate or cop you know mr coffee kind of thing that comes through and it's not that hot it, it drips through and it kind of and also they heat from the bottom so the bottom of the coffee gets you know burnt um where something like this or something you see at starbucks it heats it at a much higher rate it goes through and you can basically it's it's self-heated in like a in, double insulated uh, almost like thermos um, so the idea is that you can, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty good investment for a coffee machine. Um, but I'm looking at possibly getting one, not for here, but I'd like to get one, uh, well, actually I should say not from home. I mean for here, like at the office, cause I can, I'll make more coffee here. A lot of people like the Nespresso machines and they're not too expensive. I think. Yeah. I don't know which one I have. Uh, like I said, uh, Larry gave me one. When Larry was moving, he was like downsizing, but he was getting rid of a lot of stuff. And uh, we well, were, he had one. We were in Madison. He just didn't want to take it back, so he gave it to me. So we took it, or I took it back, and uh, I have it. I just got to kind of like understand it a little bit better um, and kind of do some research on it. Um, I tried doing a latte, and I didn't realize that you got to put the the sprayer, like the steamer, actually in the liquid. Because if you don't, it just blows steam and blows milk all over the place. So I learned the hard way. Um, Ellie ended up uh, telling telling me basically that I was, you know, she had worked in a coffee shop before, and she was telling me the proper way to do it, and I was yeah, I, I was know. completely not doing it the proper I way. I wouldn't know what to tell you because I've never made any specials myself either. So well, that's just something I got to kind of work on. But I'm hoping at 
some point in time that we're uh, I got a full fledged like little coffee bar going on at the office. That'd be that'd be my goal. Wait, isn't this your office? This is my office. This, this is it. This is where the oh. where the magic happens. So you're gonna put an espresso machine in here? Uh, not here. Probably in our next space. Oh, are you moving? Potentially. Okay. And we are. Yes, but yes. Um, but it's gonna have I'll have more space. Okay. So that that will be cool. Uh, I'm gonna get a little better. I don't. I just don't like the Keurig. I might sell the Keurig. Maybe I'll leave it just for people to get like a quick quick thing but i'm not a big fan of it. i don't like the taste of it. i think it comes out kind of artificial um so saying uh we, we met um at crossfit yeah. um give, give us your background why, why did you uh, start crossfit why did you go to cfp why um you've stuck with it well you know um i've never been an athlete i've um and, and i felt like that was sort of missing in my life, fitness. Because, you know, especially during my internship and residency, because it was so hard. Like, all I did was work, 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 come home, eat a big meal, go to sleep, and it just repeats day after day. And so I never really, so especially after my residency was over, I was just, like, really overweight, really heavy, really out of shape. I felt, you know what, now that I'm in, in a good position with a good job and, and I have more time on my hands. I should work on um, my Fit- fitness, my mm-hmm. physical fitness. And so, I, and so, <clears throat> thing about CrossFit that really was good for me was the fact that um, every day you're doing something different. And I felt all the um, movements that we were doing were, were very functional and very useful. Whether it's like getting up from a you know lying down position or putting something up over your head or or just you know, just everything was just so useful you know um and it was ve- it was very different every day so it wasn't boring to me and i noticed results pretty quickly i saw the results i saw myself lose weight i saw myself gain more muscle mass and you know and and also didn't hurt the fact that you know people who were at crossfit were very friendly and and, and fun people to hang out with. And so that's kind of why I just kind of stuck with it over the years. And I think it's still a very good um, workout program. So you've been doing it since, did you start in 15? 2015, yeah. You did start then. So yeah, so you've been doing it four years now? Mm-hmm. Jesus, okay. Um, I don't look good, do I? <laughs> no, you, you, you look wider, like shoulder-wise. <coughs> don't you think? That- I don't know. I mean, if you t- if you took a photo from four years ago, you'd notice that you you have like wider shoulders, obviously. So you you are gaining some strength. I mean, definitely, I noticed there's you know muscle mass difference. There's, um, yeah, I I, I see myself and I I, it, I know that there's a difference. Yes. Were, you, were you ever in the? Um, you said you didn't play sports, but were you ever into like physical activity growing up? Um. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I like actually in Korea. I used to. I used to be sort of competitive um, with like um, running, mm-hmm. like track races and stuff like that. Of course, this is like kindergarten, first grade, second grade. But um, I, I used to love doing those things. We had like a field day every year, and I would always like, you know, not train for, but I was always looking forward to those things. And um, but 
But and and you know what? In Korea, I actually played outside a lot. Whether it's you know just having races or just kind of jumping over fences or climbing fences or whatever. I used to do crazy things when I was a kid. But when I came to the U.S., I just couldn't do much of that because number one, it was super hot outside always in New Orleans. I mean, that's it's it's too too warm for you to do anything physical um, down there. And so you're. St- Staying at home mostly, in a conditioned setting, playing video games, and so I, I got a lot less physical when I came to the U.S. So I gained a lot of weight when I was a kid, um, and 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 the other thing was a lot of the games that kids played in the U.S. were very different from what I played when I was a kid in Korea. Like everyone was into things like football or or you know baseball or whatever and, and, and those were things that i wasn't very familiar with and so i just wasn't into those kinds of things but i did like kickball when i was a kid i like kickball i like dodgeball did, did you get hit were you good no i wasn't good but i still liked it um but um but we we only played that you know up until maybe middle school and that's pretty much it and and pe uh became very different p class became very different um, late middle school and into high school. So, um, yeah, I never really got into any of the sort of the games that American kids played, um, which is kind of sad. I think I might have liked it, but gosh, kids now they are so competitive. Like I see my cousins, younger cousins, and, and they're all swimming and they're playing football or or baseball. And I'm just like, oh god, it's become like it becomes it becomes so competitive that it becomes to me kind of. It wears me out just like watching them, sort of. Did, did uh, do you follow like pro sports, college sports? Not really. Um, I mean, from like a, I think right now you get, you're getting because things are a little more tough. To like, I grew up playing all the sports. Like I played every season. I played a sport. Now it's like you're finding if you want to be good at any sport, you have to really pick one and focus on one, which is right. what we did. <clears throat> at least in our high school, we did that for. Um, soccer, um, and we always had very good baseball teams growing up as kids. But as we focused, our focus shifted. I mean, pretty noticeably to soccer. When we got to high school, our baseball faltered. We 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 easily had a team that, at least back then, got probably from sixth, seventh grade on, all the way up to probably like ninth grade. We just were we were mowing down teams. We got the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. We were competitive, but we our pitching never really developed because we were playing soccer and. Uh, we could always hit the ball well because we had a lot of athletes on the team. But we, when it came down to just pitchers being, um, you know, having the stamina and development of of playing kind of those long games, we just never did. Or the, you know, many innings or getting the velocity up, they just weren't putting in the time because we were focusing more on, you know, playing soccer ten months out of the year in some shape or form, and indoor, or outdoor, or travel. Um, but I think you got to do that nowadays. Like you're seeing a lot more like one sport kits. Than you are like three sport kids. You may have one that plays like a soccer and a baseball or something, but you know a lot of kids are taking you know seasons off or they're playing travel or they're playing something like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you said swimming. I, I would think that swim, swimming would be a pretty competitive sport because it's an individual sport. You know, it's not like you rely on anybody in, on a. Mm-hmm. So I, I find that, and also too, I think we're sheltered up here in athletics because of the sizes of the school and the population and stuff where if you go down to like I'm sure Louisiana just outside New Orleans had I mean how many kids you graduate with I want to say maybe like 
300 350 i don't really know oh it's fairly big i mean maybe we had i don't know if we'd have that big up here but um i think my high school had 1500 kids so it might be but i think the freshman class was the biggest and i think people kind of drop out <laughs> as they as they get older so i think i think maybe it was more more than 300 350 i don't really know something like that but my high school about 1500 kids so whatever that means yeah, so you didn't know any. You didn't know all the kids in your class. Oh no, no which, way. Which is crazy because like when I went to school, you knew everybody. Oh no, you know their parents, you knew who they were, their siblings. Um, but again, much smaller. My twentieth high school reunion is coming up later this year. Are you going? I don't. I don't. I know. I don't know too many people. Like there's like a <clears throat> like if you showed like up, a Facebook group, and I'm looking at these people, I'm just like, who are they? You're not. On fa- <laughs> you're on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. I am not on Facebook, but I can still look at certain things like Facebook groups and stuff, you know, to see who's on there. But I've never signed up for it. Oh, actually, I take that back. Are you on- I, was on, I was on Facebook back when I was in college, early 2000s, when you actually had to get an invite to become on Facebook. On EDUs. Yes, only on colleges. Mm-hmm. And so I had, so I got an invite to get on Facebook, so I did create a profile then. So, so you, we knew all the kids from, like, different colleges and I'm, like my friends my friends in this college so you know i might know a kid from like mit or my upenn or whatever and and so so i knew so i had facebook back then and then i noticed after i went to medical school that people it became a little too gossipy mm-hmm. a little too bitchy you know like people like what you put on there like people would gossip about and and it became a little bit too, too unprofessional, sort of. Yeah, kind of like and, sounding board. Yeah, and it was becoming, and and I noticed that everyone and their grandma literally were getting on Facebook. Facebook was sort of exploding in popularity, so I was like, you know what, this is really silly. I am, I am not spending my time on this anymore. So I got rid of my Facebook account after my first year of med school, which is, I think, in 2007, 2008. So it's been like almost 12 years since I had Facebook account. I think I got Facebook when you got off Facebook. <laughs> um, what? Uh, you're not on in- Instagram either. No, I'm not. You're I'm on, not on anything. You're on Snapchat. S- yeah, barely. Yeah, that, that's true. I, you, you never snap back. You, uh, no, I not. snap occasionally. Occasionally. Um, so is that, that, that the same reason you're not on Instagram and Facebook? Just because of... Like I just I don't see the point of Instagram. I, I really don't. I mean, I had a lot of fun with Facebook, um, especially like updating your status and playing little games or checking people out, like checking their photos out and seeing what they did for the weekend or what they had for food for that night. I mean, I used to be into all that kind of stuff, and I thought it was kind of neat. And then I realized at one time, at one point, that it, beca- it was becoming number one a little too bitchy. Well, too gossipy. Number two, I noticed that people are putting everything about themselves on there. And I'm thinking, why? And I thought to myself, who is making money off of this? Because Facebook cannot be doing this if they're not making money off of it. And I realized, wait a second, all the information that we're giving Facebook, they're using it and they're storing it. And they're going to try to market that to whoever wants to pay for these information. And eventually... They're going to have our lives and know everything about us. And you know what? To be honest with you, if I were, if 
And the thing is, if I'm giving someone money, I want to be able to profit off my own information, not somebody else, not Facebook. If I give Facebook money, I want to be the person to get money off of it. And so I said, you know what? This is really stupid. I am not giving other people my information so they can make money off me. So I, that's another big reason why I got off Facebook. Um, did you ever see, go on Netflix, I forgot the name of it, but they talked about just that exactly, meaning Facebook and Google, how much data they have on you that they use for marketing. I, I use it in my business. I can track people down and, and based on certain, uh, uh, they, they took away a, a few things um, in regards to what you can and can't search by because of HUD guidelines. But other than that, I can search by a lot of stuff. I can search by, you know, people that like a certain, you know, style of music or live in, you know, can't really do live in a certain area anymore, but we can do certain things where they have, you know, you know, they're like the Adirondacks or they like, you know, Lake Champlain or they like Plattsburgh. I mean, you can target people like that, um, but you can really find a lot of information, which has made marketing more leaner, meaning you're not wasting marketing dollars on, on dumb stuff, like throwing your image in the paper or in a magazine that nobody picks up anymore or if they do pick up who knows if they're actually looking to buy where now we can get in front of people more likely to buy so it allows us to be a little more strategic and um you know efficient with with costs um did was gonna say the uh i've well from a social media perspective i think if i wasn't in the field that i'm in I don't know if I would really have much social media. I really don't think so. Mm-hmm. Because I, I find that, like, for me, I've turned, like, social media to me now is I don't get much enjoyment out of social media. I get more enjoyment out of, like, watching, like, stuff on YouTube kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really get much enjoyment going on Facebook or going on Instagram. I put out way more content on both platforms than I ever consume. Mm-hmm. Meaning most of the time I'm on either of those platforms, it's me putting something out, then me going back and, and you know, um, engaging with people that left comments or things like that. Um, but I, I use it very much as a strategic business tool than I do for entertainment purposes. And I'm very rarely on my own. Um, I have two Instagram accounts. I'm very rarely on my personal account. I don't think I have an Instagram account. I don't think <laughs> I don't think I don't think you do either. But there's like so I have one. I have a business profile page and I have a, um, a personal profile page. My personal, I don't really go on much. I mean, I'm on it um, a couple times a week, and usually it's to respond to people that message me and like group messages and stuff on it. My business one, I'm on like 90% of the time, but I would easily disconnect all of them, be done. If I didn't have to be in a in a profession where you it's you know it's a benefit to be social, because mm-hmm. um, I I don't even know to be honest I, if I didn't have to have my phone for stuff I would probably just as long as I could probably watch like YouTube videos on there I don't really need anything else like I don't need in, Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or anything like that. Um, I like Snapchat. I mean it it gives me you know my friends send me things. Like, you know, if they're at a park or something like that, seeing what they're doing that for that day, or if they're having a cool meal, they snap me a photo. I like, I like Snapchat. Or like funny stuff. Yeah, I think Snapchat's I mean, a little more like right. living in the moment kind of yeah. thing. Um, and it goes away very quickly. Yeah, and I think, like Instagram for me, like I, a lot of stuff I do is very strategic. So it's not, um, you know, a lot of it is I've, I've got a system and plan as to why I'm putting stuff out and when I'm putting it out and how much I'm putting out and who I'm tagging and where I'm, you know, 
what I'm hashtagging stuff like it's all very very planned out and calculated um, there is obviously some room for um, uh, what's the word uh, improvisation Imp- improvisation improvisation there's some room for that but a lot of it is is um, you know I, I try to stay very structured and how I edit and things like that and photos and what they look like and the general theme of my page but it kind of is more of a nerdy um, thing but I mean other than that uh, I don't know. I think I'd be like you. I don't think I'd need it. Facebook, I'm very rarely on. Like, I put stuff on it, but if I'm not going in just reading comments and replying to people and, and uh, you know, checking analytics and stuff, I really don't care about, you know, personal stuff. It's I don't, I'm not on it too often. Um, where did you learn how to cook? You're a pretty good cook. Really? Saying you made you're the, uh, the saying pork is a f- crowd favorite hmm. and then what was the other one you made we went over to your house you made um oh a chicken it was like a curry or a stew had chicken you had chicken teriyaki right and then you made like a curry um i might have made a curry it was like a curry stew yeah. and we had it on rice and you had potatoes oh, yeah. in there and you had yeah, like yeah. carrots that Did was you like it? really good yes I'll make that again for you. Did you have meat in there? Yeah. Usually pork or chicken usually. Okay, because I think you did that, and I think you had chicken teriyaki as like a side. Oh, yeah. I must have. Like I'll a, make that again for app. you. Where did I learn to cook? Um, Just read the back of the package. <laughs> Is that it? Or, yeah, but no, you, but now, I, yeah, but you got to the point now where you know what, <clears throat> kind of what you're doing. I mean, like, you know, like, um, I was, I don't think I was a good cook. Like, I just kind of, when I was younger, I watched what my mom was doing. Sometimes I would help with the kitchen. And, um... But, you know, nowadays, I just kind of watch YouTube videos and see what they do. Just kind of follow recipes. Um, sometimes I'll improvise. You know, if they say, um, uh, you know, make this very savory. Sometimes I think, oh, man, how about if I make this a little sweet and savory? You know, or maybe a little spicy and a little sweet and savory. So I just kind of do a little improvisation and things like that. And, and, and those are, you know anyone can do i don't i just usually and i don't make recipes that's too complicated i usually just watch youtube videos about people cooking and 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 i make notes to myself whether i could do something like this in my own kitchen or not and and then i just kind of follow the recipes i'm not but you know if you like that curry curry chicken or curry pork dish i'll make that again for you i like that i like that Zach's, I mean, I think Zach's had it too much that he's, he doesn't he care for it. No, he did he eat it? He, he liked, I mean, he eats it, but he, he's not like crazy about it anymore because he I made it so much. But he's not in general crazy about curries. So, but it's okay. What else do you make? Because that's good. Oh, I make a lot of different things. I made um, Italian pasta the other day. I had to braise like beef for like 12 hours. It's crazy. What's braising mean? Um, cook it in a liquid. But not like not boiling it, but kind of simmering it for. Is that a oh no? What's it called? Oh, braising is that when it's with salt, water, and salt? Like it's you, like you're cooking the, meat something in in a little bit of liquid. That's what braising is. What's the thing for chicken? Uh, uh, brining chicken. Brining means you put it in, in uh, salt water. Salt water. And you just let it sit in salt water. Right, you're supposed right. to do something to the right. You just, you just yeah. Brining is just salting or salt watering something like whether it's a chicken or whatever that's good I mean, braising is just cooking something in a liquid so for 12 hours we just put it on low and just let it sit yeah. you just kind of let that you put a bunch of like spices onions um and you just kind of let that flavor kind of soak into the beef 
And so when it reduces, I put that over a pasta. And that was really good. How, uh, how many t- days in a week do you get to cook? Like, well, pro- like a properly cook? Right now, <clears throat> uh, I try to cook. It depends on the week, to be honest with you. Sometimes like, there are weeks where I'll cook almost every day. Um, um, there are other, day, other weeks where I won't cook for you know, a couple of weeks, three weeks. But it's Plattsburgh is it's kind of hard to not cook in Plattsburgh because there's only a limited selection of restaurants that you can eat out on. Um, so um, yeah, I cooked uh, yes, no, not yesterday, day before. I cooked something the day before. I was gonna cook something yesterday. I was too tired. I couldn't do it. I was gonna cook something today. I forgot I had the podcast. So we'll probably eat out tonight. <laughs> um, where are you going? You wanna go somewhere? I'm hungry. Oh, I get a showing it after this. I know. Maybe we should. And this, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, we can. I don't know. Could we eat before eight? Yeah. It's Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Whatever you want. It's what ten after seven now. Yeah, I can pack up and we can be out. Yeah, let's go. We'll, we'll get okay. I'm hungry. Zach's hungry too. I'm sure. Okay. He said he would, text he text him. Me. Well, wait, wait, I gotta go. Qu- I mean, like I gotta be leaving at like ten of eight. Okay. We can do it. We'll make it work. Where's it Cumberland? Yeah, ten of eight. All right, we're gonna sign off there. Um, anything else you want to mention? Um, no. what, what what's your thoughts on K-pop? K-pop is not that, that's kind of big now. It is, but it's you know it wasn't always very big because I've always listened to K- Korean pop music since in the eighties, and you know there was some really good Korean pop music even from the eighties. Did 90s. any of them break into the mainstream besides uh, no. Gangnam Style? No, 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 it really hasn't. But there's some good stuff that maybe I could I could introduce you to. Cause there's a couple big ones right now, right? Yeah, I try like, to keep up like with the BTS, kid. for instance. Is that them? Is that the? I don't know what their names are, but I. That's the I, group's name, BTS. I know they're starting to kind of break into more mainstream, but um, that that was just a side note. Okay, we're gonna stop there. We're gonna go eat. Um, so for Doctor Heesung Kong, <laughs> just call me Heesung. Where'd you get? When'd you get Nicholas as a, as a? Was that when you came to America? No, Nicholas um, became part of my middle name when. Um, um, so it wasn't, I didn't have that when I was, uh, in Korea, obviously, but, um, when, I, when I got my U S citizenship, you get to, you get to, um, actually, um, come up with your own spelling, uh, your middle name and everything like that. And, that, and that's when I came up when, when we came up with it. So. What was your middle name originally? So this is how my name, so my first name was he, my middle name was Song, my last name was Khan, which is really stupid. Because my name is Hisung, not He. And so a lot of, and so I hated that. People call me, like, in roll call in school and stuff, they would call me He, which is really stupid. That's why I call you Heezy. Anyway, so that's, that's where I came from. I hated it. <laughs> so you really just merged your middle, so, first so and he middle. Sung, he Sung is my name. Yep. And, like, Koreans would never call me He. They would never call me Sung. So it's always Hisung. And so. But now that you come to America, now you're called Sang. Exactly. That's it. He he sung, he sang. All right. Uh, For uh, he sung, he sang Kong and myself, that's episode 33 of the Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.